slow. You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello and welcome into Commissioner's Corner. It is the final week of the Luke season and a champion will be crowned here. Joining me this week, two men who have experienced the highs and the lows of fantasy football in our 11th season here in the loop. The one, the only, the big ticket, Kyle George. KG, thanks for joining us. How we doing? How we doing? Feeling fantastic and someone who I think is feeling probably less than fantastic, although still full of Christmas cheer and a new pizza oven ready to fire up, is the recently quieted mouth of the South, Paul Sheffield making his return to the Luke banter uh, here this week on the podcast episode. Paul, how are you feeling after a, a crushing semifinals loss? Yep. You know, not not always does the better team win. So this was definitely the case in my matchup, but it's uh, it's good to be always on the podcast. That's and We're happy to have you both. And let's start right there, Paul, because, you know, going into the semifinals, I would say your team and David's team both were um, the highly touted prospects to make the championship and I know you were not lacking confidence in your roster although you had kind of backed off I think you were trying not to put the the fantasy jinx on your own roster there was a quiet confidence I don't know if I can ever use quiet with you there was a confidence um in your team and how they were performing late in the season here in the loop can you take me through kind of how the semifinals evolved for you even going into that last night I think you only needed not only, but you needed about 32 points from A.J. Brown. Not exactly uh, shocking if you were to pull that off. Can you talk a little bit about the semifinals and, and your perspective on it? Yeah, I didn't really need that from A.J. Brown. I just needed, I think, if Smith got zero points, A.J. Brown just needed to get like 19 and a half, I think. Um, so I was thinking, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so I was thinking if it was like an A.J. Brown game, I'd feel okay with 25 points. Um, 20, 25 to... 30 points would be great, which is a huge game. He's scored over 20 points. Uh, I think it was four or five times this season. So I was like, I feel pretty good about this. He scored over 30 points twice this season. So I was like, well, it's more than a 1% chance. Um, but Randall um, was the better owner. He, uh, I wanted to zag when everyone was like, Jared Goff sucks in cold weather. They've been terrible. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to start him this week. This is a must win for them. Um, and this is week one of our matchup. And so I'm like, I'm going to start Jared Goff. Um, Trevor Lawrence is hurt. Um, I think this will be a good matchup for Jared Goff. Everyone's saying he's going to suck. This is the week he comes back because everyone doubts. And it was the exact opposite. He stunk. <laughs> um, he certainly I, did. And the irony was the next week, I just dropped him. Dropped him altogether. And I was like, yep, he does stink. Um, everyone was right. The criticisms were right. He stinks. I'm dropping him. And he scores 31 points for John the very next week. Um, and then the other thing that I did, thinking that I was being a um, good manager, was I had a choice between Ty Chandler and Zeke to block Randall from getting one of those guys because Randall needed a running back. At the time, I didn't think I needed a running back. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get Zeke. He's playing one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I'm going to get Zeke so Randall can't get him. I'm waiver priority. 
over him and we both have no money. So I got Zeke. He gets Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler scores 22 and a half points. Zeke scores six. Um, and then obviously the Michael Pittman injury just screwed me because he was looking like he was going to have 175 yards and a touchdown at least. Um, and he gets um, hit on a cheap hit. So, so many what ifs for my season, but Randall, um, Randall was the better owner played the right players when I chose the wrong players. Um, and while I still think my, I have the better team of um, between me and Randall, it came down to uh, who's the better owner and Randall uh, Randall beat me there. So kudos to Rando Randall. He's going to get a championship, probably the least deserving championship um, in Luke history, minus maybe the second year in the league when um, things Joey happened. Watts. Yeah. Um, so anyways, good, good on Randall. He's a great owner. His team sucks, but uh, the managerial proudness uh, was what is probably going to win him this season. And Kyle, you know, there was, there was some banter, I believe from Cooper in the group chat about Paul changing up his game, you know, not being as aggressive in his trash talk towards Randall throughout the weeks. Um, do you think that impacted, you know, what we saw take place on the fantasy field? Do you think the fantasy gods were seeing through that shtick or how do you feel about Paul's decision to be a little more quiet and, and contemplative in the group chat during his semifinal matchup? You know, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to understand what the fantasy gods want out of us because <laughs> I feel like I've been deserving of championships before. I feel like I'm generally not one of the bigger shit talkers in the league yet. They like to mess with me every year and, you know, basically, I don't know, tease me to to get near the top and then never actually get it done. So I don't really know. But I, I, what I will say is that I would have to think the relationship between Paul and the fantasy gods is quite complicated. You definitely <laughs> with them. Um, and so I, w- I would venture to guess, like, if, if it were me, I would stick with, uh, with what I've been doing when it's working. And when you were shit talking towards the end of the season, it seemed to be working. Uh, so, but that's just my personal opinion. I, I don't, I'm not going to jump into your guys's relationship. I'm trying to fix my own with them and figure out what it is I need <laughs> to win a championship. Uh, but if you're asking me my opinion, I would say you, you needed to hold strong. Yeah. You, you two are both truly embattled franchises, uh, when it comes to the fantasy gods, I think we can agree on that. Paul, any commentary on why you went a little more laid back during the semifinals? Is it a soft spot for Randy? Was it a... Uh, deliberate choice out of you as an owner um can you speak to that quickly for us yeah i think it was don't mind the crying kid in the background if you can hear it um i think it was i thought my team a lot of times i'm all talk and i think this year i was like well let's not this year i would say in the playoffs i was like let my team do the talking and uh they actually forgot to talk uh the week, <laughs> week one of the playoffs since then i've scored over 110 points every week in the playoffs which is what you expect out of a playoff caliber team um but i had the, i think third or fourth lowest um point total all year that first week in the playoffs which just sucks i mean i got 112 points this week and josh jacobs um ended up not even playing and he was in my starting lineup so it's like it's just things like that that are like with eight players i got 112 points this past week if that could have only happened even to a lesser degree the week before. So, or two weeks before, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more And someone else who I would imagine is very frustrated is who I think the Luke was calling the front runner going into the playoffs um, just ahead of Paul potentially. And that's David Walser. 
put forth a tremendous season, obviously banking most of that on the Miami Dolphins offense, um, which has paid off time and time again yet in the first round of the playoffs. We see him come in as the lowest scorer out of the four playoff teams. Um, Kyle, what did you see in David's roster that, that made you worried? Or, or why do you think David had a quick exit when he was uh, coming on so strong throughout most of the Luke season? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of taking a peek back at his first round matchup right now. And like you look at, you know, the most starts in the A chains kind of did their thing, but he obviously didn't have Tyreek that first week. I think Tyreek, not only the Dolphins, but mainly Tyreek, obviously, was kind of the person who was carrying him week in and week out, consistently scoring more than 25 points. And so when that's no longer in your roster, obviously that's going to have a pretty significant impact. But looking at this two-week matchup, he got essentially no production from, like, wide receiver to down. Like, everyone else basically was non-existent. Like, you see Taysom Hill with a .5 and a zero back-to-back weeks in his tight end position. Like, that's just, you know, Taysom Hill is kind of one of those sneaky players that can kind of help you win matchups every once in a while. You assume he's going to have a couple big plays every game. Um, that didn't come to fruition for David. He has one point from his kicker in the second week, a two and a half spot from DJ Moore, all the things that he seemed to be, um, you know, relying on most of the season just all of a sudden were not there in the most crucial time. So unfortunate for David, selfishly, I'm happy it didn't happen because now there's another non-champion holder in the league. Sorry, David, I don't, I don't mean to root for that, but it just makes me feel better. Misery loves company, um, but unfortunate for you. So sorry about it. You, you've been consistent in that take, so we won't bash you too hard. Paul, on your side, did you see any managerial brilliance from John that got him into the championship within that matchup? I mean, you can give him credit for getting Jared Goff the minute I drop him. John saw it like a logical owner would, and it's like, oh, Jared Goff typically does good in good weather. Let's uh, put him in. I was just so bitter from the week prior that I was like, this, this guy didn't belong in my lineup. Um, and... I think that really helped John, but when you score 55 points, um, I don't think there's much that you have to do as an opponent to beat that. And um, since their matchup was close after week one, uh, all John had to do was just not suck. And that's what he did. Yep. That's a good point. David, David definitely kind of handed this one away. It feels like more than uh, John won it, but we also have to give John credit being the highest scorer in the first round out of the four owners competing for the Yarby. So Credit where it's due. And also, John probably has the highest point total this week, too, from his bench. So that, that um, is true. Real good managerial proudness there. Hey, <laughs> hey, Connor, real quick. Can Next year, can you take note to intentionally really dislike my team? Because whatever team you seem to like, kind of choose at the beginning of the year, that sucks. Teams that seems to be the team that gets lucky throughout the whole season and find a way to win games. <laughs> this season with John and Jack in his last championship. <laughs> that, is, leaves, that uh, is very you know, true. It's the, com- <laughs> it's the commissioner's reverse jinx. You actually want me to talk about your team early in the season because I'm great at predicting champions. That people just find ways to get lucky in week in and week out, so that's fine. That is 1,000% factual. I (laughs) didn't notice that throughout the year, and I'm sticking with the take that Randall's going to win this one easy because John's team's trash and has been trash all year. Uh, And Kyron Williams sucks too, right? Exactly, Kyron Williams. And Paul, I hate to tell you, but my prediction came true. It's Kyron true. Williams cost you a championship. Quite literally, the only player that scored double digits uh, both weeks in my loss, um, but did, he did but count he was, towards my loss. Did count, but toward, he was 19, he could, 19 and a half points too little. 
Yeah. That, that's a great, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. He yeah. is the reason that I lost my matchups. If only he scored 19 and a half more points. If he was a reliable starting running back, he yeah. probably would have. Totally. I, I know Christian McCaffrey would have, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, he, he's only second to Christian McCaffrey in points per game. So yeah. And he's also out of the playoffs. So um, those are two fun facts about Kyron Williams. And before we go into the championship, I want to know uh, with the exit of Paul and David, and obviously Kyle kind of a, a heartbreaking loss um, late in the, in the last week of the Luke season as well. Who do you feel like in the Luke needs a championship most for their legacy? Is me. it me and Kyle, you're raising your hand as well. So can you guys kind of here's the thing? I I'll go first here, Paul. I don't disagree with Paul on that. Like he needs one too. Everyone who doesn't have one needs one. We all know that. But of I course, say, I, of the guys that don't have one, it, so it's me, Paul, Derek, and David. David right? Those are the four. I uh, have one. I have one. Just no, correction. No, I would say of those four, Kyle, you wouldn't know because you don't have a trophy. But it's actually on my name's on the trophy. You've never seen it because you've never won. But my name is on the trophy. Go ahead, Kyle. You already admitted it earlier on this podcast that you didn't have one. So it's funny that you say that now. Anyway, I would say Paul and I are probably like kind of tied for like needing one. One being like Paul needs to get over the hill of Joey winning him a championship uh, and me being an actual good owner year in and year out and just needing to actually kind of achieve. Um, achieve so I might a ricochet shot there at Paul. Uh, a little bit. Paul, <laughs> he's not that. wrong. He's not wrong. Looking back at this year, man, like, I would have been fucked in the playoffs if I had made it. So I would have been useless in the playoffs because literally like the one thing that made my team super dangerous and Keenan Allen and Herbert both injured haven't been relevant in the playoffs. So they wouldn't have been in there. Christian Kirk on high or Ramondre Stevenson hurt. Like I would have had an overhead of my lineup basically out. And so I wouldn't have really been a threatening playoff team, I don't think. Uh, so, you know, blessing in, a, in disguise that I didn't end up making it this year. Obviously, I would have rather made it than not, but um sorry i got away from your original question but needed to slide that in there because it's made me uh feel at peace during this playoff seeing how shitty yeah. would have no been. I, I see where you're going with that you you need the championship but even if you made it in this year it might not have been this year paul go for it i think another person that's very deserving not deserving but someone that needs a championship for their legacy is derek and this is no trash talking to derek but he has by far the lowest win total of anyone the lowest playoff appearance of anyone. Um, and so I think it would be important for Derek to win um, to just get off the overall sucking, because if he sucks with a championship, that's better than sucking with no championship. And right now that's where he's at standing in the league. And honestly, and- David's had a couple of good runs, but David's kind of in a similar boat. David doesn't have a whole lot of playoff appearances and um, has the second worst record in the league. So um this is a heavy blow to David to not even be in the championship this season. And, and Paul, does it cross your mind as you're saying that, that Derek's one true Trump card could be getting a legitimate championship before you do. Is that something that worries you whatsoever? Because that narrative would be very tough to overcome. It would be. Um, I think the only way that it would really affect me is if the championship was against me that he wins and say really? it's his first victory. If he just wins a championship, a legitimate championship, um, without me there, it's one thing. But if he can win a legitimate championship against me, um, that would be probably something that would make me um, not happy. Yeah, and and you did mention 
right off the bat uh, that you were picking yourself as needing the championship. Does that solely revolve around Joey, Joey's championship in the second year? Yeah, I, I think the verbiage I would use would be a little different than what you just used. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's along to Kyle's point. I think having a championship with no asterisks would be important to my legacy. Um, and I'd be one of the, um, at that point, I think I've said this before, one of the th- three owners that have had multiple championships. And then that's what's debated, not if I have a championship. You know what I mean? You, you can don't, debate. Yeah, no, there's yeah. no debate. You don't have a championship. And yeah. when you win, you'll still have one. Yeah, but again, that's... I'd ra- I'd rather have the argument be how many do I have versus no. There's, see, that's, where, that's where you're getting off. There's no argument. You <laughs> well, would then have one. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would say yeah. I'm a multiple championship owner. And again, it's it's an uphill battle, I guess, until I have three championships, which in your brains would be two because you guys don't know how to count. But besides that, um, I guess we'll see. Just out of curiosity, when you when you have the trophy, Connor, does that person have like the authority to? to like do with what they please with the trophy in the sense that like could in theory someone take it to a trophy shop and like cross out Paul's name. Like, no, absolutely it. not. I, I want to be very clear on that. There will be no altering of the trophy when it's in your possession. You can do with it what you want in terms of drinking out of it, taking it with you wherever you please, all of that, but there will be no altering of the trophy or there will be significant penalties from Lug offices. That That discussion has been had. Based off of history, Kyle, it's something that you don't really have to worry about anyways, because that would require you to win a championship. Fair. Honestly, fair. Set yourself up for that one. Uh, Sorry. um, Sorry. (laughs) No, it's all, like I said to John, all fair in love and Luke. Um, Let's move on here to a a championship. Not so much a preview because we've already seen week one. Right now, Randy currently holds a three and a half point lead over John heading into the final week of the Luke season. It's the Battle of the Blondes. Randall looking for his third title to match Jack's three um, as most in the Luke. And it would be his third in five years, I believe, which is a quite impressive run, um, considering at least this one and his previous are in the live ball era of the Luke. John seeking his second, his first in the live ball era. Um, and especially because he's been, I'd say, an, an underrated team all year or a much maligned team by by yours truly all year. Where do you guys go when you look at this matchup heading into its final week? Do you tend to favor John or Randall? Who do you think is capturing the RB this year? First of all, I think it's um, it says something about this year in that, like, I just don't feel like there's a lot of hype behind this championship. It just feels like a down year for, you know, in the, like in, in real sports when there's just those two teams that make the championship and like numbers just don't do well because people just like aren't interested in watching those two right. teams. Hence why those leagues tend to push towards the bigger market teams. I feel like Yeah, it's like the Rams Patriots Super Bowl from yeah. years back. It's like, so, oh, cool. Exactly. It just it just doesn't have that um I don't know I don't even know what the word is right now. My brain's still recovering. That gusto. It's not it yeah, doesn't gusto, have the I mean. energy around it. Yeah, I feel you. And, and I mean, I think that's just proven by the fact that both of the teams in the championship were outscored by three other teams not in the championship. And that's basically by people that aren't even really paying attention and or setting their lineup. So not a lot of explosive explosiveness coming out of these two teams. Um, I wish there was maybe some more activity between the two in the group chat to at least keep me involved and see like, hey, like there's still some shit talk going on. But they're just yeah, they've gone soft. That. Yeah, they've gone, gone really soft. soft. And so that's, you know, a big reason why Paul, you know, say what you want about it, but he gets eyeballs on his matchups because he talks shit. 
And I feel like neither of these two are doing a good job of that. And that's why I really haven't been paying attention. I mean, I guess if I had to choose a team to win, uh, looking at their rosters objectively, I would say I would choose lean towards Randall's team. But I don't really know. Like, I, I guess I just don't care. <laughs> no, that's a great, great. Let's let's end it right there for Kyle's take because I, I think that's a great way to say it. Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, I was looking at uh, playoff probabilities from actual NFL season to see what like a Super Bowl equivalent would be for this season. And so I'm going to put John's team as the Jacksonville Jaguars in the Super Bowl this year um, alongside Randall as the Detroit Lions. Um, two teams that you really wouldn't want to see in the Super Bowl one of which has had a pretty good season. Randall had struck up a lot of wins late on in the season and probably is a borderline to okay playoff caliber team versus a team that you don't even know what's going on. Um, and so that's like the play. That's like what the Super Bowl equivalent would be uh, to this actual like NFL I season. I love that comparison. That does yep. a really good job setting the kind of visual for, yep. for the rest of the Luke on kind of the anomaly we're seeing this year. And, and so, Paul, if you had to pick out of the two, which one would you be going with? Uh, well, both who I think will win and who I want to win is Randall. Um, I think both of which I can then um, craft that I lost to the champion. So then I could tell myself in my heart that I'm the second best team um, or the second. Yeah, the, the second best team, even though I'll probably get third or fourth place. Well, pro- I will get third or fourth get, place. Yeah, yeah but no prob- probably third place. Um, I think I have like a 35-point lead on David right now. Um, and so I want Randall to win. I think he has the better team. Uh, I like there being fewer multiple championship owners. So it's like it's one of those things where Randall just – goes from does he have three or does he have two or three he has three right this is he has two this would be three. this would be his third he won back to back yeah so um then we can just put it off that there's only two uh multiple championship winners uh because then john gets added to the bunch of is john considered one of the best owners in the league but when john loses this season he's just considered with the rest of us um, and so that's why I'm rooting for Randall, both because I lost to him and because I think he has the better team, and I think it works better for the overarching narrative. Randy really could have done a, a like he had kind of a layup for a storyline going into the season where like he he got last last year had the worst beer mile performance we'll probably ever see. Actually, we're never going to see a beer mile performance that bad. I don't think ever again. That was just pure embarrassment. He goes from last to first, and I think this is kind of important for him because. He has the two championships, obviously, during the live ball era. That's very relevant. If he wins this one, I think it pretty much cements him as probably the the best owner in the league at this point. Uh, Not only because he typically puts together good teams, but he'd also have the championships to back it up. Um, But if he doesn't win this, it's going to get forgotten. We all know that. And people are going to remember that beer mile more. But if he wins it, people will be like, oh, he went beer mile, but then won a championship the next year, giving him three tied for the most in the league all of which would be during live ball. So he has a storyline here, but he just hasn't been playing into it, which is unfortunate. Are yeah, we saying that Ray, maybe Randy's just a boring owner or manager? Yeah, may- maybe. I don't know. That's what we're saying. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me coming from you both is that great at team names, not that interesting of an owner. Is that a fair assessment of uh, to summarize? Yeah, if that's the if that's the criticism we're giving him, I I I would love to be a boring owner that wins championships, but uh, 
And I just want to clarify, <laughs> I will never forget the beer mile. That was one of the most disgusting displays of lack of athleticism I've ever witnessed. Um, and I just want that to be known. Uh, before we wrap it up here, Kyle kind of touched on this, but how do you think this season will be remembered? Um, again, I, I tend to agree. Not a lot of energy around the championship this year. I think both owners have basically tuned out of the group chat. I mean, they're if anything, they're talking more to the people that are eliminated than they are to one another, which is very disappointing when you have a, a highly touted matchup. I mean, it's a perfect name, the Battle of the Blondes, and we're just hearing them kind of compliment each other, like tug each other here, tug each other there. It's like, oh, who's going to come first? And then it's, I'm just curious what this season will be remembered as or how this season will be remembered to you both. I can tell you it won't be for the championship. Um, maybe if Randall wins it and gets his third, maybe that's the talk. But to me, what this season will be remembered for is how bad Tyler's season was. Uh, and kind of going on to <laughs> sorry, Ty, to throw that shot. But... I love that he gets brought out right now. No, <laughs> it's perfect. Keep going. Keep going. But, but I think it's true. Like now that I mentioned that, I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, yeah, like remember he barely won any games and was like basically the beer mile runner with like half the season left to go. Um, so Nine I think losses that'll in a row. Take the cake. <laughs> that'll take the cake. And another thing kind of to compound on that is it's also the first year we've seen people bet beer mile laps. Which I'm not sure, Look, if, if we fast forward three years from now, how we're all going to feel about that. Because could it taint the punishment in the sense that the punishment no longer becomes hilarious because there's so many people running laps? Or does it make it more enjoyable? We can't say for certain because this will be the first year it happens. Um, what I personally think it's going to be that it ruins the punishment because I'm one of the people that's on the line to potentially run a lap for a Week 18 Falcons game. And if the Falcons lose... Like, I'm honestly going to be looking forward to it. Like, I only have to run one lap, so it's really not that hard for me. But, like, the fact that I'll be going to the beer mile being like, oh, this will be fun and enjoyable, I feel like it's making the punishment less difficult for Tyler. Uh, so that's just my personal opinion. Again, we won't know for sure until it happens, but that's what I think this season's going down in history books for. That's a great call out there, Kyle. I, I do think there's definite implications towards the beer mile going forward, like, it's definitely going to help Tyler to have people running along with him for at least a lap or two. Um, and then, you know, in the future, do we need to outlaw betting beer mile laps to make sure it's isolated to who truly deserved it by getting last place in the regular season? Um, that's a that's a great call. And I think that and Tyler's season are great two storylines to to kind of tail or, you know, bookmark this season on. Because I agree, I don't think it's about kind of who's going to win it it's it's been more about the things taking place on the bottom of the league some would say um paul over to you how how you'll remember this season kyle brought up great points i thought that too i've been worried that the laps added will um make it so it's less about the punishment of tyler when it's like one of the most embarrassing things not embarrassing necessarily but one of the most like yeah embarrassing things to just be this one guy on a track chugging a beer um, and running or walking and throwing up if you're Randall. Um, do we, do we potentially, how about this? Yeah. Do we potentially have anyone who owes beer mile laps do their one lap before Tyler even starts? That yeah, way we at least make sure Tyler's yeah. running alone. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. I, I think alone is important. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think we have to see how it goes. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, who knows? It, maybe it has some sort of entertaining aspect along with it that we just haven't discovered yet. But I think it's a fair point, Connor. It might have to be enforced. Yep. And then there's a couple other things that I think storylines that are important for the season that will go down in memory. Um, the first of which is this season was just another constant of things that already exist. One of which is Derek not being able to beat me. Another of Kyle coming close, but no cigar. And then finally, we've talked a lot about multiple championship winners in this new ball era. Um, but Tyler now will solidify him, himself on his own mountain of the only person that has run multiple beer miles. And so I think that'll be an important um, thing to remember about this season of the Lug. Yep, that's a great call out as well. And I think for me, um, the final thing I'll say on it is I will never forget that legendary day of Paul and John going back and mm-hmm. forth in the group. Text. I think I think it is the greatest peak of Lug trash talk we have ever seen. It was so personal, but not personal at the same time. Um, and the fact that we're all able to witness such greatness out of both of them firing shots back and forth. I remember exactly where I was reading each one. Um, and I, I think I always will. So that'll be a, a huge mark for me in season 11. Any final thoughts here before we uh, sign off? I got nothing other than hopefully there, this uh, awakes some beasts in the two players in the championship. And maybe we'll get like one final showdown of trash talk uh, that were that none of us were expecting. But unfortunately, I just I don't feel like that's going to happen knowing the two competitors. Yep. Well and while neither neither of them are deserving of a championship this season, one of them will get it. Um, and so best of luck to both of them. Well, boys, it's been a great year of Luke football and a great year of podcasts as well. Thank you both for all of your efforts throughout the season, doing a great job supplying the league with information and a ton of laughs, obviously, as well as insights. Until next year and until we crown our champion for Comiscon. The big ticket, Kyle George, and the mouth of the South, Paul Sheffield. Peace. Peace. Bye. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.